0: You're locked on to DJ and PK. Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio show for over a decade. Whoa! Presented by WCF Insurance. Reminding you to be careful out there. This, this is 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network.
1: DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80, The Zone. Kirk Krackdorp coming up momentarily. We got a lot of jazz fans. Weighing in, Darren thinks he's funny. What's wrong with the jazz? Darren replies, what's not? All-encompassing, PK.
2: What's not? Yeah, it's funny. I think there are a lot of things that aren't.
1: I don't like you, like you, at Yagi Fred says uh, nothing's wrong. The problem is our expectations are way too high.
2: Why? I would disagree with that.
1: I would too. They've lost six out of eight. Regardless of what your expectations are, that's underneath them. Whether you were thinking 45 wins or 50 or 55, two and six over eight games – Losing to the Thunder at home on the second night of a back to back, that's not about expectations. Exactly. DJ PK, and it is time to talk University of Utah football now with Kurt Cragthorpe. Salt Lake Tribune beat writer covering Utah football. There are multiple stories in the news. Morgan Scalley's got an amendment. Utah getting a transfer quarterback from South Carolina, according to said quarterback. And they got a bowl game against Texas to get ready for. Kurt, good morning. Morning. Kurt, as you speak to the Utes, how long is that Oregon loss going to drag them down, and is it going to impact them when they play Texas in the bowl game, or are they going to shake it off a little bit?
3: I think the players will respond a lot better than the fan base will. Uh, But it is the variable about that game that helps make it interesting. I mean, I. Utah's always been the more motivated team in a bowl game. It seems like, and, and this year there's a question about that.
2: Yeah, I actually think this year they should have more motivation than last year because I think last year they were happy to be there. They weren't the favorite. They weren't really having a, a You know, a great, great season at six and three. That's probably about as low as you can be and still win the division. Whereas this year, you know, they were fifth in the playoff. And then the way they got spanked and beat up for a team that is so physical and usually owns the insides on both sides of the ball to not have that, to me, that provides all sorts of motivation to get that last win. You can't wash it out completely, but maybe a little bit as far as getting that sting out and the taste and finding a way to go, what would they be, uh, 11, 12, and 2? That's a pretty good season.
3: As logical as that is, no loser of the Pac-12 championship game has ever won its bowl game. So that's you would right. think that all these teams would have that exact same mindset and say, God, we've got to feel better about ourselves going into the offseason. We really need to win this game. But those teams are 0-8. So that's an interesting stat to me.
1: Hey, that is an interesting stat. You made me sit up straight and listen to that. And I wonder, uh, does Kyle Winningham know that stat? Have you spoken with him about that?
3: He doesn't know about it because people brought it up last year when the backflow was zero and seven going into the holiday bowl. <laughs> he made it zero and eight. Having said that, they did lead that game twenty to three at halftime, so motivation was not the issue.
2: Yeah. Plus this this time around, they're not playing a team that w- was in the conference final. They're playing a seven and five team.
3: Yeah, and I, I that's a fact. There's there's no getting around that. If, if Texas doesn't play LSU, they're eight and four. As they they win a couple of games, they could or should have in the Big Twelve, they're they're higher. So, but yeah, so but the, uh, it is what it is. They they lost five games, and that's the first time I've ever said the phrase "It is what it is," and I'm highly embarrassed.
2: No, don't please be. Please. It's groundbreaking. Is it,
3: too, is it too late for Adrian to dump that? No, because I no. do not want to be associated <laughs> with that phrase. Too late. I'm better than that.
2: <laughs>
1: I'm better than that. <laughs>
3: But
2: you know, regardless, <laughs> that every time the one thing the Utes have proven is that they can beat a seven and five team this year. If you're seven and five, they beat you because they have four wins over a seven and five team. And I mentioned this on TV on Sunday, and I got a tweet that said that seven and five comment on Talking Sports was a cheap shot, way out of line. You're going to talk about our mom, in parentheses, or quotes, when you fans are mourning no longer your fan. I lost a fan because of that, Kurt.
3: I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. You still got me, though. That's important. <laughs> Babe, <sighs> what happens
1: when the line between fact and cheap shot is so blurred you can't really tell?
3: Cause That's kind of what this business is all about, isn't it? Yeah.
1: Yeah, people don't like the facts they like. They got Twitter. They go I actually
2: tweeted back at him and said thank you.
1: Oh, well, that helped. <laughs> <Well>, they
2: that- <laughs> reminded me, I saw Dan Rather was doing the big interview with uh, Robert Plant of Ze- Led Zeppelin, obviously, and uh, Rather says, now your band in the 60s was known as the most outrageous the king of, of debauchery the people who went over the line the most and robert plant said thank you you're very kind <laughs> 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 all right
1: so now the youths look forward Morgan Scali, a contract amendment. Now, you can't say it is what it is to that, because I don't think I've heard of a contract amendment. I've heard of coaching and waiting, and I've heard of extension. Uh, I've heard of a renegotiation, a contract amendment. That's a different beast right there. What do you make of it?
3: Yeah, I'm very eager to get the uh, copy of the contract itself before I guess too much about it. But I I can say already that the significance is that they've never made an announcement about an assistant coach on-track situation in any sport at the University of Utah until yesterday. Well, clearly they, they're trying to send some message. Now, is there some reading between the lines in that message? I don't know. I'm e- I'm eager to get the actual document and find out. But clearly, it's a a move that has a couple of things in mind. One is just as the language of the press release said the long-term future of Morgan Scally at the University of Utah and as DK noted in the previous segment there is a signing date next Wednesday and uh, Woody Hammond and Scally were at the house of Van Fillinger the defensive end from Corner Canyon on Sunday so the timing to me is meaningful for sure right now and going forward.
2: Yeah, I think to me, the bigger message here is Harlan is saying we're not going to be undersold. And if we need to spend the money to do this, this, and this, you know, we're going to improve the south uh, end zone and all that stuff. Particularly, I think an overlooked portion of that is the locker rooms as opposed to the the fans' access to it. So we're going to spend the money. I know the Garfs are ponying up some money there. And then here, Scally's getting some run because I think you had it as far as uh, Vegas' job. So we're going to keep him, and it means uh, throwing some more money at him, extending the contract, what amendment they're phrasing it, and you'll get the contract because it needs to be public record and you have access to it. I think the bigger message is we're going to spend what it takes to be successful.
3: Yeah, I think that's true. I think... Number one, it's, it, it starts with Andy Ludwig coming in January, getting eight hundred and twenty thousand dollars when they were playing Roy Taylor five twenty five last year. So they bumped Morgan up from five twenty five to eight twenty. Now whatever they're doing with him now, so they're already. Those are two of the top five paid assistant coaches at public schools in the Pac twelve, and and uh, based on the head coaching salaries, uh, USC is probably not playing any more than that. So, yeah, clearly Mark Harlan is an invest-in-people guy. I think that's that's the one thing you can say about his 18-month tenure so far, is that he he is making steps to invest in his staff, Uh, not only people in his direct administration, but working down through the athletic programs themselves, and that definitely is happening.
1: There's a, I believe there's a path to winning at Utah. I also believe it's a very specific path that you can't deviate off of too much. I, I said this um, a while ago that the basketball program under Majerus, he tried to recruit some Midwest kids, and they found it wasn't working, and he focused on getting kids in-state and kids mostly from L.A., but certainly from the West Coast. He thought they transitioned and fit in Utah better. Obviously, with return missionaries, a mix of kids from California, Texas, kids who go on missions, kids who don't, uh, tapping into the Polynesian community and getting a string of excellent defensive linemen, there's a recipe at Utah. How important do you think it is, whether it's Morgan or somebody else from Kyle's coaching tree, that they they hold on to that, as opposed to what they did in basketball where Majerus didn't have a coaching tree, and we've had three guys with three different philosophies, none that were Majeruses, and none who won at anything close to that level?
3: Yeah, I think that's a good observation. Clearly there is a blueprint for Utah to succeed. Now people are disappointed that there seemed to be a ceiling that happened Friday night. But the fact is they got 10 guys that are going to be drafted in April. So they're, they're doing something right in both in recruiting and player development. And so whatever that formula is, it absolutely makes sense to continue it for as long as they can.
2: So this transfer quarterback, more of the same as far as you know, the more the merrier, and have some competition. You think he's a leader?
3: He might be the guy. I mean, he started thirty-three games for an SEC program. I mean, this one came out of the blue. I had no idea until four o'clock yesterday that something like this could happen. And and I had my mind programmed to Rising versus Shelley next spring, but here's here's. Uh, a guy that comes in with better credentials. And, uh, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how Jake Bentley works out. But he he obviously is a Power 5 starting quarterback. So here we go. Uh,
1: 55 touchdowns versus 32 interceptions. 7,000 yards, as you said, points out a lot of experience. How much do you trust Andy Ludwig to bump him up a tier or two, you know, whatever he can do, plus, you know, Ten or twenty percent that Andy can bring him along.
3: Yeah, I I I do have confidence. I think the uh, Tyler Huntley example speaks well to Andy's ability to maximize a guy, and and as we've all learned over the year, it's an offense that demands a lot of the quarterback. And, he, and obviously, Huntley hasn't played in this exact system, but he certainly looks like a, a Andy Ludwig kind of quarterback. Just uh, to be an efficient passer, I think Andy can make him more so, increase the completion percentage, and be a drop-back guy and get the ball out. And Yeah, it just certainly seems like a the guy they can plug and play.
2: One of the things you said about Tyler Huntley, and obviously Andy has done marvelous work with him this past season, that's just a fact, but I also think that, Huntley being a senior and having a year and a half. Now, I know he missed basically the half of uh, last season, but two years ago, you know, he was a sophomore. They struggled, his 7-6. He went through some struggling, and he got to the point where he got better through playing experience. So my point here, where I'm going with this, is, you know, we've seen other programs do this play and plug. Obviously, Oklahoma is the leader, but the talent around them is so awesome. I wonder if in the long term it's in the best interest for the Utes to go down this road you get this kid Bentley will come in next year and let's assume he does play and play well well it's a one year deal then where are you the following year do you go down that road because it seems like once you go down that road you're not going to have an experienced quarterback. He's not going to be able to grow, whereas if they went with rising, you know, the, the two years from now, he could get better. Because you take a look at what Oregon did, and for a while there, they were dipping into the big sky to get guys in, and it may have been a little bit of a f- short-term fix, and then I think it caught up with them, and they ended up being in a situation where Helfridge gets fired. So do you think that long-term, this is the best way for Utah to go?
3: Yeah, that's a good question, but keep keep in mind that, that Helford got fired after Justin Herbert's freshman year, so they were trying to do what you, you said to some extent and, and get some continuity, and first of all benefited from it, obviously, but, but I, I think your, your argument is sound. The only response I would have, just to be different, would be to say they're not going to have the 2019 defense next year. They're going to have to get every bit of offensive production yeah. they can to, to have a decent year. And if, if that means having a, a one-year quarterback fix, that, that might be just enough to win you an extra game or two and, and kind of keep the program on a good trajectory.
1: Well, I assume that Kyle weighs all this when he picks a starting quarterback. You know, If you're going to be there for one year, you got to be able to produce big time, and I think that's what we saw three years ago. Kyle has now talked at his press conferences about seeing that the possibility for this year was coming a couple of years ago. When well, he picked a sophomore over a senior. Troy Williams, I think, would have been the better quarterback for that team, but it was clear he was taking a multi-year approach. So I assume he'll be weighing the same factors here and – you need more than one quarterback. I don't. You know they haven't said publicly what do they think of Shelley. Do they want him to be the backup if there were an injury? Would they want him to be the starter? You know, is this a case of more depth so that you're better at number two, even if the senior isn't the guy now?
3: Yeah, those are all great points, and that's that's what makes it another fun off season already. That uh, this is the kind of thing we'll be talking about from now till September third versus BYU.
2: So I don't know this, but my guess is you will be covering Weber State Friday.
3: I haven't got that confirmed, but I'm a little uh, thrown off by the 8 o'clock start on December 13th. But uh, <laughs> if, if they uh, give me a chance to be there, I'll do it for sure. I mean, who else would it be? I do have Mo- Montana history in my life, so that, that's, that's coming into play as well.
2: Deep-rooted, Mon- when I think... Of Montana, I, I, I think of either Joe or Kurt Craigthorpe.
3: <laughs> exactly. Maybe Larry Kostoviak. Who
2: knows? What about Stu Morrill? <laughs> oh, what about, exactly. uh, what's the dude, the Stanford coach? Mike Montgomery. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to help
1: you. If you're going to one up me, you got to do it on your own.
2: Where does it end? Oh,
1: man. Hey, one last thing before you let you go. We were uh, talking. Um, about Oregon and scheduling and the fact that, you know, one conference champ is going to get left out. And Oregon takes that Auburn game, loses it, and that's the difference possibly, probably, between them being in the playoffs or not. So is the Pac-12 doing the right thing scheduling up Because USC's playing Bama and Notre Dame next year. Stanford's obviously playing Notre Dame. Uh, Ohio State is playing Oregon. Michigan's playing Washington. TCU, Texas Tech, Texas A&M are all on Pac-12 schedules next year. Is the league playing it right here?
3: That's an interesting question. And it's part of all the what-ifs that come into play about Utah's postseason destination. Like, to your point, what ifs? Oregon had not played Auburn, they would be in the playoff and Utah would be in the Rose Bowl. But to me, I'd I'd rather not try to game the system. I'd rather play these games that people are interested in and are going to be talking about. I I mean, I can still replay that Oregon-Auburn game in my mind because it was a great game and a high-profile game that a lot of people watched on that Saturday afternoon in August. So in no way would I discourage teams from trying to do that, even though... It worked against the Pac-12 this year.
2: Right, because I am looking forward to 2029. The Devils go at LSU on September 8th.
3: That would be awesome. (laughs) By your stadium on a Saturday
2: night. Right. Here we come. 2029, baby. I I
3: plan to still be alive.
2: (laughs) You and me both.
1: (laughs) Kurt, I think on that note, before we get PK contemplating anybody's death, we better let you go.
3: Okay
1: then. All Thank right. You. Hey, remember Kurt. No matter what, it is what it is.
3: <laughs> oh man, I'm going to regret that the rest of my life. Thank you, Kurt. Okay,
1: Kurt Cragthorpe, Salt Lake Tribune. Follow him on Twitter at tribkurt for the latest on Utah football. Whatever's breaking here as recruiting goes nuts over the next couple of weeks.
2: Now Herm, he's not just doing a one-only.
1: That's a home and home with LSU. You got the
2: Tigers coming back in 2030. Nice. So if Herm doesn't get him in twenty nine, he'll get him in thirty. Okay. <laughs> Herm Herm will be how old then? Like seventy six. <laughs> So you guys, yes. I love that. Lavelle, Lavelle Edwards. And it had to be,
1: they scheduled a home and home with Florida you State. You ageism going on here. Yeah. Uh, they scheduled a home and home with Florida State, probably like 1998, 99, somewhere in there. I mean, Lavelle was certainly the last two or three years. Maybe it was his last year. What do you think about that? I think it's a great idea. I don't have to coach against him. <laughs> not not going to be coaching in 2008 and 2009.
2: Well, I asked Kyle about that uh, f- Arkansas trip in 2028. <laughs> he said it's a great idea. Go ahead, knock yourself out. I said, what are you going to be doing? He said, I'm going to be golfing in Maui. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
0: This is real. When it comes to covering the teams you're passionate about, nobody does it better. Yes! This is DJ and PK. Okay. Presented by WCF Insurance. Reminding you to be careful out there. Okay. This is 975-1280 the Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Network.
1: It is the season for dressing up. Visit Mr. Mac today and get suited up. Join Scotty and Hans tomorrow, December 11th, from noon to 3, 5690 South Redwood Road in Taylorsville.
2: Ooh man. We got the revenge. 2027. Yeah, what do you got? The suck dogs versus sun devils. Yeah, bring it on. Then we make the long trip over in 2028. Nice. I like it. And... We can gauge how we compare to the Utes, the Sun Devils. Yeah, twenty twenty and twenty thirty two. Uh huh. Texas. <laughs> <laughs> You're going way out.
3: How do you guys like your those teams in twenty twenty six?
1: Uh, Feel good I, about the suck no, dogs? No, what you always love
0: is that the like it's the, 2027.
1: the impact freshman of 2027, you know, what grade is he in now? And then you got to do the math, right? And you blah, 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 go back eight years. Uh, yeah, those
2: fourth and fifth graders. <laughs> I don't know how good they'll be in 2027 when the suck dogs come over on uh, September 18th. But I do know the prior year the Devils will have had a good recruiting season and would have filled many needs on the team. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got
1: all the guys we targeted in a really good year. Meanwhile, seventy-three guys will have left the Valley of the Sun for places where the sun isn't quite as hot for quite as many months.
2: But every team says that we've we've really we fill our needs. We think we got a really good class here. And then you look back. Says the coach, two, one of the 20 coaches later, is going to get fired the next well, year. Well, <laughs> most of the, if you hit on, if half of the guys stay, just stay on the team the four years.
1: Yeah, I think Kyle has said many times that if you hit on two out of three recruits, you can coach forever.
2: Hmm. That doesn't bode well for Scally. <laughs> If <laughs> he wants to be a head coach, if Kyle's going to hit on two of the three, oh, he's, he's going to coach, coach him forever. forever.
1: Yeah, but Kyle has his Maui golf plans, too. He's got he's been promising the wife he's going to play with those grandkids.
3: Morgan can coach that week.
1: Pool time, <laughs> followed by golf, followed by pool time, followed by lunch. He's a skier, too. He wants to stay on the mountain. Time to catch you up to date on everything we have been talking about in this show. You know, we rarely get the unity in the community we so desperately crave, PK. It's one of your better phrases.
2: I've been trying to... And yet, today
1: we have unanimity. Literally everyone we have heard from thinks that jazz game last night sucked. I know. And that the trend over two to three weeks here is very poor. It is. There is uh, really no debate about that. Now, the debate is what's gone
2: wrong, and what can be done about it. Well, what can be fixed? What's done is done. How can it be fixed? Can it be fixed? How long will it take to get it fixed? I think depending on
1: your definition of fixed and what you're, you know, for the win the title, get the one or two seat in the West crowd, uh, it feels like that ship has sailed, both because of how the Jazz have played and how other people have played. Now, you can go in as uh, not the greatest seed in the world and pull an upset in the playoffs and maybe get there. So there's that. And don't slam the door on it, but twenty-four games into the season, two games under five hundred. This had a this had a promising start, and things were going two well. Games
2: over five hundred.
1: I'm sorry, what? They're two games over five. What did I say? Two games under. Yes, they are two over. They are thirteen and eleven. And they got Minnesota on the road, and they have been a bad road team four and eight on the road, and only winning a third of the road games. I would beat, expect they would be a beat the Wolves five hundred ish, a little maybe a little better than five hundred ish team on the road. Oh, I would take that. A lot of work to be done to get there, and it starts tomorrow night in Minnesota. Uh, there have been plenty of people who have noticed the lack of chemistry on the offense, the lack of flow, the ball stops, too much dribbling. And then you see a couple possessions where the ball moves, and there's three or four good passes. And last night in each half, there's one of those sequences that end with Bogdanovich getting an open three and making it. So that's to me like the sliver of sunlight in a mostly cloudy sky right now. I mean, based on how they're playing, you just you can't be pumped about the team. But you see these glimpses, is like you guys can move the ball, and when you do, you get open shots, and you got guys who can make them.
2: So you have forms of encouragement.
1: 90 points in a game is not enough. It is not nearly enough, and that is what they did last night. But if the ball stops, there was a possession, I think it was late in the second quarter, and Donovan had the ball late in the clock, and he had to go one on one. They had nothing going, and the paint was kind of crowded, and he got up there, and I don't know if the ball slipped out of his hand or got deflected, but he shot, he started to, it looked like he was shooting some kind of, you know, that little running push shot, whatever, and, and the ball is like a foot short of the rim. And the Jazz are all compressed against the baseline, and Oklahoma City gets a fast break layup going the other way. It was Schroeder. It was the easiest thing in the world. I think it was actually technically a goal ten, but it went in anyway. And so that's like that's the worst case possession. That what went wrong in the first 15 seconds of the possession? That that's where they are with eight or nine seconds left. And then that was mid- they'd have been better off throwing the ball out of bounds. At least the clock. At least they would have had a chance to get their guys back and set up defensively. And so it's that wild inconsistency inside a game. All right, it looks pretty good. Oh, it looks terrible. And, and there's got to be more consistency, and there's been way too much of the, of the bad stuff.
2: Yeah, but can I argue that the Jazz have the most capability of improving compared to the other teams, the other five teams? That well,
1: are you good? can argue it, but the thing about improvement is that sometimes you can predict it, but a lot of times you can't. And I would say the best example this year is we thought Dallas would improve versus last year, but I didn't know they were going to take this step. And maybe they won't be able to sustain it. Maybe we'll get to January and they'll be going around the league again. The league will start to catch up and and do a better job against them. But my gosh, and that's and we Where's all gosh? thought my okay. We all thought Dallas was going to be better. There was literally nobody out there who thought well Dallas is going backwards. But no, this is still a
2: huge eight step and two forward. They're 2 away. They have a better road record than <laughs> home record.
1: See, and that's just uh, off the charts. You, so improvement, you can always argue it, and, and it could happen. To me, the bigger problem, because the Jazz have multiple problems, and I can look at the offense and think, well, they might get that fixed. They might get a better rhythm there, more trust. they got a lot of new guys, and maybe they can get in the kind of rotation. Maybe they'll improve it. And that, that can get better. The thing that I really have a hard time pushing right now is the notion that the bench is going to get better. Because the bench really hasn't been good with a couple of exceptions. As a group, they have not been good in so many games. What's going to come together there? Now, I just made the argument that improvement from the outside where we sit, you can't necessarily always see it coming. So Uh I guess it can happen there. But there's a sample size there that's bigger that suggests they just don't have the right pieces that are good enough that fit together. I can see where you're going with that. I I mean, I want to be, you know me, I want to be popular on TV and I want to be Mr. Sunshine and tell you everything's going to be great. But, man, you got to stay within the bounds of realism here. And I just, I don't see it. And that may be okay because I don't always see it. So maybe it'll happen anyway.
2: No, I follow you. I very much can see that the continuity and the fluidity of the offense gets better among the starters as they continue to progress because you're getting guys that need the ball to be effective because Bogdanovich clearly is not just willing to settle for a catch-and-shoot dude. He can put the ball on the floor. Mitchell, we know that can he can do that, right? Joe, in order for Joe to be effective, he's not just simply a spot-up dude either. He needs to have the ball and decide what he's going to do with it. So I do think that that can get ironed out, and maybe not ironed out completely, but get better. But when you throw in the equation of, all right, that can get better, but what about the bench over here? The bench seems to lack.
1: Right. So Ed Davis played 12 minutes against the Thunder. And they were his plus minus was minus eleven, almost a point a minute. I mean that that just can't happen. Jeff Green played fourteen minutes; it was minus thirteen. Moutier played eighteen minutes; he was minus fifteen. And this isn't completely unusual. This is not completely surprising. There have been too many times where the bench goes in. Now, do they scramble the minutes? Would these guys be better in different combinations? You know, they're really struggling as a group together, but if you broke them up, that's all stuff Quinn's got to figure out. Yes, And and I know, and I think you know for a fact too, but I know, I know they've been working that, contemplating that. We've seen them do some stuff on the court. Some of it's been forced because Conley was out, so they had to alter the rotation. So they've done some tinkering, but you need a sample size of you know at least 8 or 10 or 12 what games he, to Yang? know something's working or not working. Niang played 19 minutes. He was minus 9. A little better, but not great. Now, a lot of that depends on who you're out on the floor with. When you look at the starters, night after night, you can tell which two starters went in with three bench guys because they have the worst plus minus of the starters. And so it's not necessarily, you can't look at it and just look at that stat and say, this guy played well, this guy didn't. You got to consider it it in the bigger context of who they were out on the floor with and who they were out on the floor against. You know, coach says, I don't really trust this guy, so I'm only going to play him against the other team's backups. Now I trust him more. I play him against the starters. His plus-minus may get worse, even though he's getting better and the coach trusts him more.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got it.
1: I think that um, – I had one more point I was going to make about the bench. What the heck was it? I lost it. You no, know, it come back to me. Uh, it'll come back to it in a second when I remember it. Um, Will help but, if I sing? Uh, absolutely not. Damn.
2: <laughs> Whoa my love <laughs> all right my dj so there you go bench play I and the ball can't stick on offense two things ah!
1: we've talked to morgan scally <laughs> do you believe this is coach and waiting they were careful not to say coach and waiting they could have said coach and waiting if they want to trip and uh, uh, kirk Crackford from Salt Lake tribune was just on and said well i'm looking forward to reading the contract cuz you can do the freedom of information act and and get mm-hmm. the contract and, it's and I'm, I'm sure multiple Media institutions will do that. Are we going to find the coach-in-waiting there in the deal? I don't really
2: care about that.
1: Because you don't know that it'll follow through anyway.
2: Right. And I don't know that he wouldn't be if they didn't list it. Right.
1: Yeah. It may not be in there, and yet he could be the next coach.
2: Exactly. The fact is, it's two things. He's staying, and the university is willing to put money out on the table for him to stay. That's and they already, uh, Kurt just talked about how they brought in Ludwig and paid him 800 plus. So you had both coordinators making uh, oh, like uh, 1.7 million between them. That's a lot of cash, and that's where you're looking at retaining qual- quality folks. Why would I leave? I've got a great situation here, I'm stable, we're winning, good community, good community support, blah blah blah. Finances are great. That leads to success. Continuity leads to success, and that's two issues. The Morgan A gets to stay individually. B that the continuity they value it, and they're not going to lose guys for the sake of cash.
1: The other news out of the year we've talked about is they got a new quarterback. They got a four-star transfer coming in from South Carolina and PK. How do you remember? How do you remember Jake Bentley's name? Benley's your dog. Benley is the name of my dog, and Jack is your mentor, and Jake is real close to Jack, so yeah. that's good enough. So
2: boom. Now you're not gonna I'm you're not gonna blur go. out Jack Benley at some point. I wouldn't be surprised if I did. Okay, but see, I was reaching on the front first name. It was really the, well. We work with l- a lot of last Jake. names. I mean, we've got Jake Yock is, is off a big time volleyball player.
1: There's a Jake. Yeah, you know Jake Edmonds at Channel Two. You know Jake. Hatch, who produces our show, you know Jake Scott on the afternoon show. We are a wash in Jakes,
2: Washington. How many Jakes do they have? A quarterback, like seven, seven. Yeah, yeah. Three guys transferred out. One guy wanted to be known as Tony,
1: <laughs> and Jake Browning had left.
2: Yeah, Buck. Good point. Thank you. All right,
1: DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. That's a lot of stuff we have been talking about this morning. It's going to have some depth at quarterback. Remember when we were thinking they were only going to have one quarterback? Cam Rising transfers in. Now Jake Bentley transfers in. Hey, three quarterbacks. And you can sit there and say the guy who's going, to, who's third string is going to be unhappy, but BYU and USC both played three quarterbacks this year, so you never know.
2: Well, I think you need to have quality quarterbacks. I have no idea if this kid's going to win the job. He's got decent credentials. Uh, I don't know that it's in... Utah's best interest to be dipping into transfers at quarterback that much now they've got two right there and so one is just a freshman so he, well if were if were to, so early, if Rising so were to win the really, job didn't really count
1: if Rising were to win the job then you'd have the continuity going forward that you were talking about earlier in the interview but if he got injured you'd have a veteran backup ready to step oh, in. I, which
2: I'd take the kid hundred percent of the time right? he wants to come UCLA Cal. Uh, Arizona
1: State. I mean, we saw multiple teams play backup quarterbacks, let alone USC, who had to play three. Stanford, didn't they play multiple quarterbacks? They played three. Yeah, yeah I think the only two who didn't. Well, Oregon and Utah.
2: Yeah. What are the odds? Right. Look who's in the top. Now, that game. doesn't mean that's the reason why they won, but it just turned Certainly. out that way. Certainly. It helped. helped. Certainly it yeah. helped. Yeah, Obviously.
1: All right, 9 a.m. Slacker Radio Headlines brought to you by Larry H. Miller, Chrysler, Jeep Dodge, Ram, and Sandy. Find your deals online at LHMDeals.com. You're up to speed on what we've been talking about. Your feedback, tons of
0: advice for the Jazz. Coming up, stay with us. This, this. this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. Utah head football coach Kyle Whittingham announced that defensive coordinator and safeties coach Morgan Scally has agreed to terms on an amendment to his contract that will secure his position long term with the Utah football program. You know what that says to me? To me, that screams coach in waiting and something in writing about becoming the next head coach at the University of Utah. I talked to a lot of people up there that are not named Morgan Scally, and it's a constant repetitive conversation
1: of Morgan is going to be as good, if not better, head coach than Kyle Whittingham
0: someday. So, I think you're right on. I think that this has got to be a coach and waiting situation. Catch hands and Scotty every day from noon to 3. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers On 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. As another show comes to an end. Comes to an end. It's time to hear from you. Is this live right now? From your calls, tweets, and open mics, this is the best feedback of the day. This is why we lost the game. Presented by Strong Audi. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network.
1: Favors was, and clearly still is, really underrated. Why do you guys jump
0: to names like Royce O'Neal, and Crowder over Favors he was like a little miniature Rudy slightly worse only
1: You know, Derek's a good enough guy. You love when that comes up. That you could actually go up in the locker room and say, "Hey, did you know on our radio show today, a listener, a listener said that you're really good, just a slightly miniature Rudy." And he would probably laugh. You're only you're slightly, only worse. slightly worse, you're only I mean, slightly worse. That's not you're the way I would much, phrase it. No,
2: it's not. I mean, I not know he's he's quite as good, right? I know what he's getting at. I know what he's getting at. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I can just see Derek laughing and shaking his head, like, oh, "Some fans are crazy. They couldn't afford him." I agree. And, and, and the fact is, as much as the Jazz might have bought on Conley at exactly the wrong time, they might have sold on favors at exactly the right time. The guy, I, I don't know how much people follow people when they go here a lot, judging by all the Taysom Hill reaction out there. Does anybody know that he's played nine games and missed 15 of the 24? They'd be, well, did
2: it, it is mother die? Yes. So that's some of them. That's some of it. But he's had health issues, too. The knee's.
1: If they paid him all that money and then he only played nine games, we would be doing a show about that this morning. It goes back to what you say all the time: what we say is governed so much by what people do. They determine what we say, not other people. Yeah, and we say stuff, right? We say so. Yesterday, the youths have the transfer, and so I tweet out twice about it. And, you know, the guy's thrown, he's, he's won 19 games. He's thrown for over 7,000 yards. So Jake Bentley's bringing in a ton of experience of South Carolina. And then, you know, you're limited on character. So another tweet I put out, his completion percentage has gone down every year. Now, maybe Andy Ludwig can fix that, right? And who knows the quality of the running backs and receivers and offensive line, you know, and around him and all that. But it's concerning that his completion percentage has gone 65, 62, 61, and it was 53, although that was just one game. And so I tweet that out, and immediately there's someone, I assume, BYU fan. Oh, Bentley for Heisman. <laughs> and, somebody else, and somebody else is tweeting back in the second tweet with the way to find the negative in 30 seconds. Well, you know, the, the completion numbers are what they are. I tweet out based on what happens. I thought he when I saw that coming in. The audience is divided in half, and people have an emotional response. So it's a win, right, PK? Yeah, there it is. All right, we've been notified we're completely out of time, so that will have to do it for your feedback for today. We
2: need a catchy phrase though. I'm thinking Bentley bound for New York. Okay. No, Bentley bound for Big Apple.
1: Put that up on Facebook. That's the hashtag. The hash show hash hash never stops. It continues on social media. Put it on social media, put it on Facebook and we'll have that Hunt for me you tomorrow. Because for Heisman morning. had the H's going. It did alliteration. So we got to come up for tomorrow. Sign of a good writer. We'll see you <clears> tomorrow, <throat> Buck. Maybe.
2: <laughs> no, we won't.
1: <laughs> Buck only Buck only does our show when he has to do a jazz game the night before, maximum torture.
2: Well, star- Buck stars hey,
1: play tonight? Yeah. <laughs> way to grind through it mentally, Buck. You're the hey, man. It's fun to be with you guys, as it always is. When you put on that uniform, no excuses, is the mailman exactly. used to say. All right. The feedback today brought to you by Audi Salt Lake City where you can pick up a new Audi Q5 SUV for only three fifty nine per month. Visit Audi Salt Lake City at nine ninety-nine South State or Audi Salt Lake City.com.